0: Well, good morning. Um, We've been in a series in John, uh, the Gospel of John, going through just really unpacking John's message of how believing in Christ helps us to experience life, the life that God created us for. What I'd like to do this spring is take um, one uh, week a month and um, pull out uh, some key things for us. Uh, to learn how we can uh, uh, grow in, in practical ways uh, with new intentionality in 2024. Um, and, and that would be my challenge to you, to think about uh, in 2024, um, be intentional uh, about your spiritual growth. Hang on. The computer's not cooperating. Well, I'll just do it that way. Um, y'all. Somebody raise your hand if this thing freezes and, and, and I can't see it. Okay, but be intentional about your growth in 2024. Um, uh, you know, it's easy for us, uh, we've been Christians for a long time, or some of y'all are even in ministry, uh, to not have the same fervency that we had when we be- became a Christian. And so, uh, you know, I just encourage you to go to the Lord and, uh, and ask Him to give you that hunger for what, like when you first came to Christ, um, to, to find that passion, that first love to be like Christ, and to make a commitment to yourself this year that you're going to stop settling uh, in those different areas, but giving yourself uh, and, a, 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 a renewed commitment to your own growth, to embrace sanctification. Uh, and with a renewed submission and a new intentionality in your growth. And so that's what I want to help us think about this morning because it's a process for all of us in this family of Jesus that God's called us to of moving from our brokenness, identifying and embracing our brokenness, being real and authentic about that, but moving from that to the wholeness that God created us for. Um, you know, So, for example, our brokenness... Uh, You know, we can be defensive or uh, have low uh, self-awareness or be isolated, sometimes low self-esteem, quick to blame others, reaction, fearful, self-absorbed, addicted, dishonest, uh, defensive. We can, all these things in our old man, this is what we can be. But through Christ, we want to grow towards the wholeness, the image of God that he created in us um, uh, of Paul says, you know, grow into the full stature of Christ, present every man complete in Christ, that we would be approachable, that we would have a high self-awareness of our strengths and our weaknesses and our blind spots, being connected to one another, to God, and in community, um, being non-reactive, being proactive in our communication, not not passive, but taking responsibility, uh, leading courageously in our own lives, leading ourselves first, uh, self-giving, free, honest. So, my encouragement to this is let's all up our intentionality in this process. One of the ways that I suggest you do that, and this is this is really going to take courage, is to ask someone that who knows you very well. It could be your spouse. It could be a coworker, a, a close friend, perhaps even your children. You know, to ask them, what are two areas that I've been really strong in, but what's one area in which I need to grow? Now, you've got to be willing to hear the answer for that. But, you know, at work we do 360s, right? 360 evaluations, hear from our peers so that we can know this next year, set goals, uh, grow. And so we should do the same spiritually. Now, we also should answer this in the context of love and grace with each other and acceptance, knowing that we're all incomplete. But uh, we all need to have teachability. You know, as in discipleship, how do we identify? Uh, someone to disciple, the faithful, available, teachable, right? Um, and uh, so it starts with teachability. We have to have that same teachability. And so, um, uh, but one of the areas that uh, I think we need to think about growing in is is the way that we relate to one another. And we've been picking this up, and John, John repeatedly talks about how Jesus had this, set this radical example of relationships. And uh, and so, John is, is really uh, the, the apostle of love, and this theme comes up again and again in his gospel, and especially in his epistle, this idea that, that God is love. And so love is this big idea in the Bible that comes up again and again. You say, what passage are you preaching from, David, this morning? Well, you know, my my graduate days, you footnote, give citation, and you be the Latin word, passim, and it means throughout. It means there's so many places in the book, I can't give all the pages, right? Love runs throughout Scripture uh, as flowing from who God is to who he calls us to be. And uh, this is the famous um, painting by Rublev of the Trinity, uh, and so the, my, this series that we're going to take you once a month is going to be called Trinitarian Relationships. How do, do we reshape the way we relate to one another based upon how God is, a, is a, the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit relate to one another? Um, First John, as I said, John talks about this. He says, Anyone who does not love doesn't know God because God is love. And this is love that God was manifest among us, that God sent His only Son so that we might live through Him. So God is love, and He sets this example, and He showed this through Christ, and Christ modeled God the Father's love for us. And last week in John 13, He uh, talked about a new commandment that I give to you, right? Right? Now, why is it new? Well, it wasn't new to command them that they love one another. It's as Christ loved us. And so Christ ups the ante. He set this model. I've shown you how to love, sacrificing yourself in unconditional equipment, a commitment to the betterment and the well-being of others. Now he wants us to live that out as well. And he says that that's a bottom line in the church. How we love is the essence of Christian spirituality. Jesus said it's one of the main marks as a disciple. It's one of the main marks of the church. And so, uh, in John 17, and we're going to get here in a couple weeks, uh, so I won't dig in here fully, but he says, Jesus is praying to the Father in verse 23. He says, I and them and you and me that they may be perfectly one so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you loved me. The Godhead is our example of love. So when I'm talking about Trinitarian relationships, We're talking about relating to one another based upon this precedent that God set, that he wants to flow his love through us in the power of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to look at that in John chapter 14, the ministry of the Holy Spirit. So this is only a fruit of the Holy Spirit. You can't grind this out yourself. Um, But it is an area we need to be intentional about. C.S. Lewis said uh, that the thing that that matters is being actually drawn into that three personal life. The life of the Trinity, experience communion with God as He, as the different members of the Godhead, have community with one another, and that's what John was uh, recorded that Jesus was praying in John chapter 17. So, how do we live that out practically as a church and our marriages, right? Uh, At work uh, with one another, Um, and so uh, I want to turn uh, to you know we earlier in the fall. We looked at Matthew 22, and we talked about the heart of discipleship. This, obviously, this is the great commandment where um, uh, Jesus was asked, you know, what's the greatest uh, commandment? And he says, to love God and to love my neighbor. Um, and so these are the two sides of discipleship. So in this series where we're talking about Trinitarian relationships, we're talking about uh, it, uh, me unpacking and growing in my own uh, maturity, right, loving the Father, First of all, which means discipling my heart, uh, my discipleship journey, allowing God to disciple me, loving God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. But the second side of it is to love people, right? Uh, and, and part of that involves making disciples, helping other people in their journey uh, uh, to, to know the Father and to reshape their hearts as well. So, um, if you remember this, this is what I'm talking about, these two hooks. And so uh, this comes in, in making sure that we continue to be conformed to the Father. Because here's the deal. If we don't love well, we can't disciple well. We can't. But if God's love is flowing through us, transforming us, growing us, we're changing in the way that we practically relate to one another, the way that we communicate to one another, the way that we treat one another, uh, we then have... A radical uh, truth in us, life-changing truth that we can pass on to the world. As Howard Hendricks says, you cannot impart what you do not possess. And so... um, you know, last week I talked about us being a focus on a uh, grace-saturated but obedience-driven discipleship. Now, what does that mean? Because we're kind of allergic to this word obedience. Does that mean legalism? Does that mean people are going to check up on you? You're going to get graded? No. What it means is, is that we in our own hearts recommit ourselves to obedience. because Jesus, what, Which did Jesus say was more important? That, that we know the most or that we're applying the most? Well, obviously, the Pharisees already knew the most. But he said, no, what really matters is that you do these words and observe what I've commanded you. So uh, it's, it's our committing ourselves to application that I'm going to live this out. Um, because the church doesn't always do that perfectly, right? We don't do that always perfectly. And one of the churches that didn't do that was the church of Corinth. <laughs> and uh, they thought they knew a lot. Uh, Some say, well, I'm a a Paul. Man, I really got my act together. And they say, well, my theology is a lot better. I'm of Apollos, right? And they took pride in that. Some of them took pride that they had more spiritual gifts, that, wow, I must be really spiritual because I can do X, Y, and Z. And so and we do that a lot. I call it gift projection. It's where I measure you by my spiritual gift, (laughs) you know. Well, I mean, Tammy, you know, she's, she just doesn't preach very well, or she doesn't get up and preach very often. That's not her gift. Well, I'm not saying that. It's, it's not anything. Sure, but I just, I don't know, I'll pull that out of the air. Uh, <laughs> but I don't decorate as well as Tammy does. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm not as good of an encourage. Donna has the gift of encouragement, the gift of helps, the gift of hospitality. We all have different helps. The nose can't say of the elbow, why do I need to you, right? And so we can't judge each other by this. And that's what the the, the Corinthians were done. Paul said, here's the bottom line. If I speak with the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. Even if Dave is the most dynamic preacher that really wows everybody, right? If you can give the most dynamic devotional, you have the most uh, amazing exegetical insight, Paul says. But if I don't have love... He says, I'm just, I'm just noisy. I'm just a gong. You know, it's uh, what Larry Norman sang about the Beatles. He said, he said that, you know, the Beatles says, uh, they sang that love is all you need. And then they broke up. <laughs> That's what we as a church do. Right? We talk about love, but we need to live it out. We don't just need to sing these words. These words need to characterize who we are. If I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and knowledge, if I have all faith so as to move mountains, but having love, I'm nothing. Even if we have our vision and values and our mission and our strategy in line, um, uh, you know, and even if we have the faith to, 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 you know, charge hell with a, with a, with a squirt gun, right? But I don't have love. It doesn't matter what we do because love is what it's all about. If I give away all I have, If we do justice ministry and mercy ministry, and there were incredible examples of that, if I deliver up my body to be burned but don't have love, I gain nothing. So this is the bottom line measure for us as a church. And what I'm laying out here is we really need to, all of us, in our own walks with God, in our own relationships with one another, in our marriages, we need to be intentional about living out this same uh, type of unconditional agape commitment to the other person that the Trinity challenges us with. Because, because love is a verb, I need to grow in my love skills. Paul says love is patient, it's kind, love doesn't envy, it doesn't boast, it's not arrogant or rude, it doesn't insist on its own way, it's not irritable or resentful, doesn't rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things, love believes all things, and hopes all things and endures all things. Love is a verb, it's something we need to do, and so we need to keep sharpening ourselves. This is a part of what Christian community is, right? This is where iron sharpens iron. We sharpen one another. And so, uh, uh, I want to give you a couple tools um, this morning. And the first one uh, is an assessment tool. And if I could have, uh, Bill, if you could hand this out here, and Donna, if you could hand it down on this side. Uh, This is from a book, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, and Pete Skazar has really made a a big difference in my life. Um, But, uh, and so, but I don't really like the way it's titled, so don't let that title, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, throw you off. Some of us are allergic to psychobabble and our therapeutic culture and, and uh, you know all that goes with that in, our, in the narcissism and self-focus. But what this is really talking about is spiritual maturity, spiritually maturing my heart, discipling my heart. And so my challenge to you is... To take, go home and take this assessment. Now, this doesn't. This is a perfect assessment, but this is one that's really practical because it's on some of these issues about heart formation, and the, and so I can see where I'm at. Now, we all have areas of immaturity. We all have areas that we need to grow. So this isn't a, uh, you know, score ourselves kind of thing. But what it is instead is to look in the mirror here at the beginning of 2024 and ask God, where can I grow? Where can I be intentional to? Uh, in my own personal journey, and so this is just a tool for us, because I want us to to have that kind of intentionality with one another. In our small groups, we need to be challenging and encouraging one another. You know, the Puritans uh, called this practical divinity. This is where they had active self-reflection together in community, where they examined their own weaknesses and strengths. Now, their navel-gazing went a little bit too far sometimes. Uh, They became a little too preoccupied with some of this. But I think in our culture, we don't do enough of this, of being real with one another, of encouraging one another, exhorting one another, admonishing one another, as it talks about in the New Testament, as it says in Hebrews 10, right? So that we can love and encourage one another to love and good deeds. We're encouraging one another to love, right? How to practically live this out in our relationships when we come in here and we have a business meeting or we're talking with or deciding with our wife about the budget or your husband or whatever so that we can grow because love is a verb and I need to grow. So um, one of the, the tools for this, if you think about God, there's a couple of things that are true of God. God communicates clearly, now, in Scripture, this is the doctrine of perspicuity, which means that Scripture is clear. It's understandable what God means. God's made himself clear. God has spoken, and he hasn't stuttered, right? God makes himself clear. He works towards clarity. He again and again communicates towards us so that there's no confusion. But he also listens for clarity. God hears us. He hears what we're really saying. He hears our heart. The Holy Spirit even knows our own heart more than we do, right? So this is the model of communication that God's given for us. And so my challenge is for us, how do we live this out with one another? How do we uh, work towards clarity with intentionality in order to grow our relationships? To kind of have a deeper level of intimacy and closeness just like God did. So one of the tools for this, um, Scazzaro calls it reading the room, uh, but I'm calling it a relational thermostat. As we turn up the relational thermostat with intentionality, we increase clarity. Okay, so I wanna, I wanna go over this, uh, this relational thermostat here because uh, here, and y'all can pass these out just so you can have a look at it um, a little more closely. Um, uh, what he means by reading the room is to understand other people's context, to put myself in somebody else's shoes, right? Uh, it's very difficult to have a conversation if I don't try to connect with where you are. And so this is a tool for how to better connect with where you are in terms of some communication skills. So that's what he means by reading the room. I'm calling it turning up the relational thermostat, being intentional about clarity. So we start at the bottom. We start where we don't normally start. We start with appreciation. So in a conversation, you know, Uh, Gary Chapman, who was my personal pastor and a family friend of ours when I grew up, he wrote love languages. He says, you know, for every correction we give, we need to give four affirmations, right? We need to catch each other doing something right. Start with appreciation. Instead of starting with, oh, you know, you did this wrong or this really irritated me, start with appreciation to affirm one another. I um, mean, you know, and that's what just start out with the phrase. I, I appreciate, I appreciate what you did when you did this, right? The next way to, uh, to uh, move towards someone with clarity is here's his puzzles. We all run into puzzles. Why did they do that? I don't understand. I can't believe she did that. How? We're puzzled, right? And here I would actually use the word curious. I'm curious. Uh, you can also use the word puzzle. When you go to one another, say, now I'm puzzled. When you did that, what were you thinking? Or I'm curious, can you help me understand uh, why that happened or how you felt? It's much better to come with I am curious or I am puzzled than it is to say you always do that. You never do that, right? To use you statements that are attacking um, and that are escalating. So this is just a tool, a relational tool in a way we can love towards one another, move towards clarity the way God does with us. So that's the level of puzzle. But the next level, and of course we all have things that we've done against each other, and that's what Paul's talking about. we talk about forbearing one another. So, but we need to communicate about those things. And so you might call those complaints, but, but what we do instead of just complaining is, is to also offer a possible uh, a solution. So you can use the language of, I noticed, I noticed X, Y, and Z happened, but I would prefer, and then you tell what you want. If we don't understand what each other's wants, then we can't move towards one another in uh, finding a solution. So, you know, I, I notice that you always interrupt me, or I notice that, but I would prefer that you let me finish my thought, and, and I'd love to hear what you have to say. Um, so, the next level up is new information. I have new information, let me give you new information about the situation. We, we make assumptions about each other, we don't know each other's context, and so we, we can react not knowing that. But if we bring new information to the table, it helps us to understand each other. Um, and then uh, the last one is that we can move towards the, the, one of the highest levels of communication, which is sharing our hopes and our dreams and our wishes. What we want for one another, what we want for ourselves. And then, when we have the safety of having had safe communication with each other that's built around love and grace, we can share our hopes and our dreams. And so, this is so you see how we're moving towards each other as opposed to attacking each other or, or, or backing into our corners. So, once again, you know, start at the bottom. Appreciation, I appreciate, I'm curious, I notice, but I would prefer new information. My new information is you may not know this, but, and also, and then sharing our hopes and dreams. Um, So, I want to share. just a quick video of what this could look like. You don't have, they don't necessarily have to be in this order, but you can use any of these. These are like tools. These are like a screwdriver or a ratchet, right? Uh, Different ways to approach in different conversations. Um, So I wanna give a quick example of what this might look like. Uh, Now in this example, it's gonna be two people modeling this somewhat artificially, Um, but uh, you can use any of these in a given relationship. So this is just a tool uh, for us to grow in the way that we practically love each other. Um, God has been clear in his communication with us, and we need to be intentional in our communication to have clarity with one another. That means uh, in the way we approach one another, trying to understand one another. You know, the thing about God is that God has attuned us this comes again and again throughout Scripture, right? That God sees us, that He is listening, and that He cares. And that's the gift that we can give one another. Uh, but God is also clear to speak to us and yes, again and again where uh, we uh, drift away from Him. And so it's okay for us to have clarity of communication in terms of dealing with, with issues that come up between us. Um, but so it's about. Clarity of communication, but also clarity in listening and developing skills. These are, this is important in the way that we relate to one another as couples in marriage. You know, the way that our children see us relating is so significant to their own faith. For them buying into saying, yes, I want that, as opposed to saying, no, I don't want any of that, right? And the same thing for us here when we come together. So that the world, when they come in here, right, that they can see something that's attracted to them. Why am I taking time to invest in these practical skills? Because I want us to grow a leadership culture here that's radically transformed um, by the character of a triune God who loves unconditionally and who has pursued us and and through, through his Holy Spirit can grow these fruits in us so that we don't have to... Uh, communicate and relate to one another based on our old man, then instead we can communicate and and relate to another based upon who God is. Um, John, as he shares again and again the Gospels, he was a changed man. And he uh, felt Jesus moving towards him. And he embraced that, right? And then he moves back towards Towards Christ. And as we grow with intentionality in our relationship with God, we can also grow with intentionality in our relationships with one another. When we think about how we can grow as a church, I'll tell you, it starts with us growing ourselves. That's the first step towards us growing our churches for us to grow the kingdom of God within ourselves. And so that's what this uh, series that we're gonna hit on occasionally on Trinitarian relationships is all about, because it comes down to the practical uh, ways that that we we that we communicate, that we talk, and that we listen. Let me just close this in prayer. God, um, thank you so much. That, as C.S. Lewis said, you've invited us into your uh, uh, relationship, your triad, um, and you've radiated us with your love and. Lord, that that love has changed our hearts, changed the orientation of our hearts from people that were self-absorbed to now you free us to be able to love one another as you loved us. And we pray that that's what would characterize Crossway, Lord. That as leaders here um, that are come together to form a team for a mission to reach this community with your message of love and grace, that God, you would grow us to better reflect that more consistently. Lord, that you would mature us uh, to grow into the full stature of Christ. That's my prayer for us this year. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.